Welcome to the first proper episode of the Ofrigan 50 podcast. Following me, Richard Herring, as I tour the country once again with another stand-up show. Is it my 13th? Probably. Uh, and I've been doing a tour every year since the year 2001. Um, sometimes a new show, sometimes an old show. Once it was a best-of show, but 13 different shows. And, um, yeah, this is just a little reflection of what it's like to be on tour, talking about turning 50, what it's like to be old, and um, just some background stuff on, on what's been going on on the tour. I am backstage in Dorking. That's why there's a little bit of echo on as we're talking. Uh, we're talking. It's just me talking. But I've started doing a poem because I'm in Dorking. And um, it's a big cinema that I'm playing. Last year I played this, this smaller venue here and sold out with 150 seats. So they moved me into the big venue. 400 seats. Would I be able to fill it? No, I've sold about 150 again. So, you know, I, that's the hubris of coming to Dorking. I thought I could do better. I've been, I've learned my places in the smaller cinema, in the Dorking cinema complex. Um, uh, but the tour started yesterday in Northampton, where I think I did better than usual. I played the Northampton Derngate Royal a little bit, and um, I was told there were more than 300 people in. I'm dubious about that, but uh, certainly there were well over 200, which is fine. That is fine. You'll see as we go on this tour, if I talk about numbers, that uh, it can vary wildly. In Bristol, before, um, before the, the gigs I did in uh, in 2017, I got about 500 people. I'm still doing two more Bristol dates, so I can sort of sell about a thousand tickets in Bristol over a few gigs. Um, in Halifax, I think I got about 150 or something like that in a big theatre. I can't remember, but so it does it does vary a little bit. It's certainly gone up in the years uh, since I started podcasting, um, and it's uh, only important in the sense of I suppose that more people in generally the shows go better. And obviously, uh, there's an element where I'm trying to earn a living uh, doing stand-up uh, because I give away so many podcasts for free in the hope that it will attract you to my stand-up, which is often quite from kettle of fish, no pun intended, <laughs> um, than the stuff you'll hear on the podcast. Certainly uh, more formulated than this, for example, which I'm literally just making up as I go along and hoping that I just don't run out of things to say. So... Um, I have been trying to push the shows on social media. I've been doing lots of crazy facts uh, about each town I visit, uh, as well as making some up and some that are yet to come uh, in the hope that that will make people come. So on Twitter today, I was making up, well, some of them were real, some of them were true facts about uh, dorking. Uh, other ones were, were not as true. Um, the first one uh, I got was... Um, that is true, it is um, that Dorking experiences an oceanic climate, Koppen Climate Classification CFB, similar to almost all of the United Kingdom. That's a fact I gleaned from Wikipedia. Uh, here's some other facts about Dorking. Did you know that Dorking is named after the portmanteau of the two favourite favorite activities of the inhabitants of the town, dogging and stalking? That's also very much true. That is a true story. Uh, and uh, did you know that Dorking is home to the biggest cock you've probably ever seen? And, but I, and that is true, but it's, 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 uh, it's a big silver bird. 
so those are the kind of fun things. So in Northampton last night, um, I was up against Mamma Mia. Last time I was there, I think I was up against Shane from Westlife. Uh, and I do remember when I was going out to uh, do my merch. Um, Shane didn't do his own merch. I did do. I still do my own merch. There was a, a kind of bra thrown on the ground from some fan of Westlife. Uh, you know, it was just out in the foyer. So God, goodness knows what amount of underwear reached him in the actual theatre. Um, but uh, last night I was up against Mamma Mia, and uh, I decided to start the show by thanking the. the 200, 300, or however many people it was who came to see me in Northampton uh, for choosing me over Mamma Mia, that I suspect Mamma Mia might have sold out, and that's why they were forced to come in to see me. So I did try and give them a version of Mamma Mia based on my memory of having seen the film about five years ago. I don't know how long ago it came out. Um, and I watched it on DVD one night, half watched it. Can't really remember. It was something about Meryl Streep having sex with three blokes. I mean, that makes it sound more interesting than it really is. So I sang a couple of, uh, of ABBA numbers, but uh, it looked to me like the audience wanted me to move on. And it's always tricky coming back to um, a show uh, after you've had a few, a few months off. And in fact, performing, I've, had, uh, I've been taking some time off since my son, Ernest Herring, was born. I have uh, been trying to stay at home and be a stay-at-home dad because I knew I was about to come off on tour, so I wanted to make sure I did my bit um, while I was at home. And so I've basically taken two or three months off. I've done, done, I did a gig in a little club in London uh, earlier in the week. Uh, apart from that, I've just done the podcasts and uh, one podcast with Andy Parsons and my Less Square Theatre podcast and the last times I did this show in November. So I was pretty scared yesterday about whether I'd remember the show. Uh, I listened to it three or four times uh, and... Usually when I listen back to the show, when I'm coming back to the first time, just before I go on, I think, oh my God, this is a terrible show. Why, why did I ever think any of this was funny? Um, even when I'm listening to myself and an audience laughing at it. Uh, but I was quietly impressed by how good the show was. Uh, and um, also, I did think I couldn't remember any of it. It, was, it wasn't, didn't seem to be sinking in. So you're sort of terrified you'll just dry and forget what's going on at all. And, and it, was, it got close a couple of times and I did forget a couple of little bits here and there. Um, but, but it's quite exciting as a performer to be um, in the situation where you have a show that's, that's written and there, but that you also know there's a lot of development that can happen over the next 40 or 50 gigs. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to getting my teeth into this. I know there's some routines in there that I'm happy with, but I know that I'll be happier with in two months' time uh, that I'll just keep on working at and trying to make better and improve all the time. So um, the show did go really well last night. It was very... Uh, I got a, I all got a review, like... I woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning, there was already a review posted on uh, Twitter um, from a website that looks... It was sort of a very well-written review, which is... Rare does go on about comparing me to Stuart Lee a bit too much, but apart from that, it was a, a nice review, uh, saying that I'm uh, getting wiser whether I want to or not. I do want to. I think I am wise, you bloody idiots. That character in Leon Herring wasn't me. Why do, why do people think I'm stupid? Oh, yeah, I know why. Yeah, because I do loads of stupid deaf stuff. Um... But, uh, yeah, so it was terrific to get one out of the way. And as I went home and I was sort of full of adrenaline and just the excitement of having been back on stage. My wife says that if I don't perform for a month or so, that I turn into a bit of a nightmare. Um, and uh, whilst being a father is good, 
it's nowhere near as good as being a comedian. That's just miles better. If I had to choose between comedy and my family, if I had to, well, that's an emergency question we might get to uh, in another podcast. But um, it's nice to have both. Luckily, I'm allowed to have both. If I had to choose, if it was rich, do you want to carry on telling cock jokes or your children be killed? You know, I bring a lot of pleasure to the world. It'd be selfish of me to think about my children above you all. That's all I'm saying. So, um, yeah, so it's nice to be uh, on the go. I, well, I'm tired because I, I couldn't sleep because I was too full of adrenaline. It reminded me why comedians become mentally ill uh, and all performers become mentally ill because it, it is very much like a drug performance, especially when you haven't done it for a little bit. I was all jangling and excited and feeling amazing. Um, and getting that affirmation from a group of Northampton strangers. I mean, it's the best things that have happened to me in Northampton, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, you, you feel like invincible and full of yourself. Um, I think you really have to force yourself to keep your feet on the ground, not to let that go to your head. Uh, well, luckily, I've had so many knocks and ups and downs in my career that I, I don't take it too seriously. But you do see some comedians who uh, do allow it to cloud their understanding of themselves. Um which is always a bad thing. I think we have to be self-aware as comedians to for it to really work. Maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, um, that's just my little uh, rundown of how things have gone. Day one with day two about to start. Um, you know, often the second gig can be a bit of a, a letdown because you're so G'd up for the first one and so worried about the first one. And I, I did mean to listen through to the show again try and make sure I could remember the bits that I forgot last night, but I haven't listened through to it again. I'm just going to hope that it all comes out. And it's amazing how it does sort of mainly just flow out of you once you get into it. Um, but yes, there are those terrifying moments where your brain just goes, no idea what's coming up. And so far, nearly always, the brain remembers what was meant to be coming up and, and we survive. But uh, that's my thoughts uh, for the moment on the show's. Uh, um, now I will do something else in this podcast, I expect. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I just thought I'd record this while I could. Oh, hello, I'm uh, back in my house in Hertfordshire now. Uh, this is what I decided to do next in the podcast, um, is go through the pre-show music um, and also put out an appeal for you to let me know any other songs that you think might fit into the theme of ageing, celebration, birthdays, being old... Um, I currently have, um, about eight or nine songs in my walk-in music. The one I start with, uh, and the one that hardly anyone really hears, unless it comes back in the interval, is Old and Grey from the concept album Galactic Nightmare, which was something that we became a bit obsessed with when it came out. It's sort of like a, uh, War of the Worlds, but done by a man in his bedroom, um, and uh, this song is called Old and Grey uh, and it's about in the story I think uh, a man who's been I forget but I think he's been through some kind of force field and has turned from being young to very old uh, in uh, in, a, in the space of a day uh, but it's weird because now when we, were, when we listened to this song we were so young just the other day and now we're old and grey and it feels like only yesterday. So although we laughed at the creator of Galactic Nightmare whilst grudgingly respecting him and loving him, he was very wise because that is the human condition. It, 
old age comes very quickly. I'll play a little tiny clip of that now. Wrinkled old and grey, I was so young, just the other day. It's a very good song. Do check out the album Galactic Nightmare. You will enjoy it very much. Um, but uh, I, I put that one up the, at the front uh, before anyone's really in, so I can sit backstage in my dressing room or backstage and, and sing along to that one myself um, and think about the irony uh, of, of all of that. Uh, the first proper song that usually comes on, if they're played in the order they come out on the CD, uh, is Happy Birthday by Altered Images, which um, I believe also features on the walk-in music of Oh Fuck I'm 40. So it's nice to have that one back. Um, it's uh, Claire Grogan is the lead singer, who, uh, like all men of my generation, I was in love with. Uh, unlike all men of my generation, I did meet her a couple of times. She's an incredibly... Uh, lovely woman <laughs> and um, uh, I'd met her when I was very drunk at a party in Edinburgh in the mid 90s uh, and made a clumsy attempt to uh, tell her how much I fancied her uh, and I guess I was hoping she'd fancy me back and want to snog me uh, but she laughed uh, openly in my face but in a very charming way that made me love her even more um, as she was married and everything I mean I, I'm you know she's Claire Grogan I wasn't expecting anything to happen. Um, and I have bumped into a couple of other times subsequently. And, uh, you know, it's nice. Her and Janet Ellis, Janet Ellis, what a wonderful teenage crush she was. Uh, and a lovely, lovely woman who uh, I do see every now and again now. Uh, but Claire, I'm still slightly in awe of. But here's a little bit of her in those good old days singing Happy Birthday. I'd make all these songs fade out nicely, but uh, I'm just going to play you a little bit and guess at how much I'm allowed to play without infringing copyright. Um, if anyone complains, I'll take this down. Um, uh, go and buy all of Altered Images' songs. That's all I can say. Uh, she's everything you could hope for and more. Um, next up is... Uh, I really wanted to play the theme tune to the TV show, Grandad, uh, which... Uh, I find myself occasionally singing. It's one of those things that I know all the words to for some reason, even though I think I was, a, you know, too old to watch Grandad, the children's television show. Um, 
but for some reason, a lot of the lyrics are stuck in my mind. Who'll protect you in a storm? When you're cold, who'll keep you warm? Guaranteed to volunteer to mow your lawn. It's grand at Charlie Quick. When you've got a plan, he'll provide the sing-along. Playing the piano in the strangest manner. The words are right, but the tunes are wrong. Oh, who goes fast when the band goes slow? Who's a real Romeo? Rides a bike in a rodeo. It's Granddaddy's crazy, Granddad, isn't he? Um, brilliant for theme song to uh, the show. But the what is in the in the uh, walking music is uh, the more familiar song of Granddad by Clive Dunn, um, which was one of the first songs I ever remember hearing. I think. Uh, might be wrong about that, but it's for that. Two Little Boys by Two, have two little toys, definitely was. You know, that's been spoilt. So thank you to Clive Dunn for not spoiling uh, his memory. Uh, here's a little bit of Grandad, Grandad, you love. Penny farming's on the street, riding. Motor cars for funny things, frightening. And spinning tops, penny dreadfuls, lollipops, comic cuts, all different things. You're a cunt. Um, that's not the actual lyrics. Um, it would be nice if it was. Uh, happy days, good old Clive Dunn. Um, one of my favourite things about Clive Dunn was the uh, this article where they revealed that Clive Dunn was the, had be, finally become the age that he always pretended to be, uh, which was nice, wasn't it? That was that was good fun. Um, next up, I'm, this could take a long time, couldn't it? Maybe I should just do a couple uh, in each podcast, otherwise we'll be here all day. So um, yeah, I'll tell you a couple. I'll tell tell you about the story behind a couple more of my walk-in tracks, of my audience walk-in tracks uh, in the next podcast. Were I to do one, which I hope I will. Hey, look, we've done uh, nearly 20 minutes. I think that's enough for number one. Um, the Dorking gig, by the way, was fine. There were 151 people in, which made my decision to move from the 150-seater venue completely justified. That's an extra, what I've done, probably £19 or something, £17.50. Bang in the pocket. So thanks to that, people are talking. Um, it was a lovely gig. Uh, so far, both gigs uh, I've done this year have been really special. Um, I managed to find a couple of new jokes and a new way of doing things. And I have got the show on tape, most of it, but uh, there wasn't really anything that interesting to pick out for you that didn't uh, give away everything that was happening. I've, I've been trying to do a, a call back to the Nespresso routine in which I make myself an espresso. Uh, and I have an espresso machine, but it's been proving too arduous, I think, and too time-consumed to do it. So I think in the future I will just come on with an espresso. Spoiler alert. Um, or a, 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 an espresso, in fact. It doesn't have to be an espresso. Uh, we're not trying to advertise them. We're trying to do the opposite of that, if anything. Um, but I did notice that um, when I was watching comedians in cars getting coffee, and it was the Louis C.K. Uh, episode, that he has the same espresso machine as I have. Uh, so, yeah, don't know what that says. Uh, his is on a boat, to be fair. Uh, the kind of boat where you could, you know, take someone 
<laughs> no, uh, and that's why uh, I don't have a boat because um, you know it would be inappropriate. My Nespresso machine stays on land where it belongs. Um, but you know, it proves that middle-aged men are trying to seduce women via the medium of coffee that comes in pods that can only be made with compatible machines so look uh, i'm gonna go i'll have a think about what else we can do in this uh, podcast um thanks to everyone who came to see me in northampton and dorking hey look why not go and check out my gig guide richtaring.com slash gigs or richtaring.com slash ofrig slash tour that's o-h-f-r-i-g slash tour you can see all the upcoming dates and the ones this week, I'm Wednesday the 7th of February, I'm in Sutton Coldfield. I'm afraid that is long sold out, but there are plenty of other gigs in the Birmingham area coming up in the rest of the tour. On the 8th of February, I'm at Chorley Little Theatre. I think there's like four tickets left for that as I speak. Um, one of them's a single one. Uh, so it'd be lovely to sell it out, but uh, book ahead if you want to come. And on Friday, I'm at the O2 Academy in Leicester, part of the Leicester Comedy Festival, I'm not selling fantastically well, as I don't seem to do in Leicester, even though I keep going back there. I don't know if it's because I could keep calling them King Skellington stealing cunts or what. I don't know what it is or because I write blogs about being delighted to get out of Leicester. Um, but it comes from the love of someone who spent much of my childhood in Loughborough, near Leicestershire, near Leicester in Leicestershire. Um, so, uh, but give our king back. I'm from Yorkshire, really, and that, and that king is not... It's not Richard of Leicester gave Battle in Vain, is it? Or you'd have to be, it'd have to be red, orange, um, lime. That's not going to work, is it? Lemon, I suppose, would be better. Richard of Lemon, Richard of your of Leicester gave Battle, and then it could be red, orange, lemon, and so on for the rainbow colours. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you don't. Um, and uh, coming up later in the tour, next week, I'm in Norwich, which is sold out. You can ring for returns. And Cambridge on the 17th of February, where we're down to the last couple of dozen tickets. So that should sell out. St Albans, that's not going to sell out. It's a massive room. It's a kind of local gig to me, so I'm hoping people, the word will get round. Banbury, uh, on the 24th of February, I'm at the... St David's Hall and I think they've just bumped me up to the main venue again having said they were going to put me in the studio we've sold out the studio so we've got uh, another two or three weeks to try and sell maybe a hundred or so more tickets to make the the main hall not look completely empty hey it wouldn't be a wonderful Christmas dream if all the people in Cardiff came to see me and I sold out that gig one day it would be nice but um, it's a beautiful venue St David's Hall I'm so delighted to be back on the main stage uh, it would have felt awful after two years on the main stage to go back to being into that into that bar venue, which is big and nice, but it's no St David's Hall. Uh, and if you want to see the DVD recorded it, that will be on the 4th of May at the Queen Elizabeth Hall. It's swanky, my friends, in London, which is a massive venue, but it's uh, starting to sell quite well. So do book ahead. It's the only London gig. Uh, if you go to the Queen Elizabeth Hall website or go to richhame.com slash gigs, you can find out about that. And your face might end up on my DVD slash download slash whatever the young kids will be watching nowadays. Anyway, thanks for listening to this. I hope you got something out of it. We'll be back with more about my walking music. If you have any suggestions for walking music um, for the audience to listen to, uh, tracks based on birthdays, ageing, being old, or just anything that fits into that 50 theme, do let me know because I'd like to have a few more tracks on there uh so email me at herring1967 at gmail.com uh let me know what tracks you think would work well for the audience walking 
Nothing will be as good as old and grey, wrinkled old and grey. I was so young, just the other day. I hope to keep these tour diaries going. And thank you very much for listening. Tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your friends about the tour. Hope to see you there. Come and say hello after the show. I'm always signing programmes after every show, so do come say hello. Oh, just got an email. Have a look for that. All right, bye.